welcome to Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. This is your host, Joey Myers of HittingPerformanceLab.com, and I have the honor and privilege today. Uh, this is our second call, our second meeting with Amanda Smith of White Zone Coaching, and I have a lot of cool stuff that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to ask her, but uh, first, I want to welcome you to the show, Amanda. Hey, Joey. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to be here and to talk with you and share a little bit about what I'm doing in my softball world. Very cool. And, and many of my readers out there will understand that, that we like to apply human movement principles that are validated by science to hitting a ball. So we like to use physics and engineering and biomechanics and different things like that when we describe the swing, when we teach the swing, and we want to have a higher standard for our hitters. And come to find out, you are an aeronautical engineer. I'm an aerospace engineer. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's let's kind of go in with the the softball question, teed it up. How has the engineering background helped you coach your um, pitchers? Your, I'm I'm sure you you do all of them, or is it just mostly hitters or uh, pitchers, catchers, hitters? I also do throwing and fielding when people need it, want it. But you mm -hmm. know, generally people aren't going to be like, I need a throwing coach or I need a fielding coach. They want hitting coaches and pitching coaches and catching coaches. Right. So I do all those things. Um, when it comes to my engineering background, physics, oh, I love physics. I'm such <laughs> a physics dork. Um, and I, I try to keep it as very simple as possible so that, you know, my nine-year-olds can understand what I'm saying to them. Yep. But like when I bust out with 90 degree angles, they're like, huh? <laughs> so I, I have to bring myself back down to, okay, like the corner in your house, mm -hmm. that's a 90 degree angle. So mm -hmm. what they're getting from me in lessons is usually, uh, a physics education, a math education. They're getting some biology education. I'm talking about, you know, anatomy fizz with them and mm -hmm. kinesthetics. So we, I, you know, I'm a nerd like that. They just got a deal. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I, we were just, I was working with one of my one-on-one -on -one hitters who's a sophomore in high school and we do three days a week, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and we were talking the other day and we, we talked about like what you said, we do the physics thing, the engineering, but we also, you know, we might talk a little politics. We might talk a little of uh, religion. We might talk all kinds. Of, I said, Hey, you're getting an education in this one hour. Then he, he just talks about this experience with school. This last 2020 has been absolutely horrendous. He hasn't learned anything. Right. Student. I mean, he's, he's one of those 4.0, 3.6 type students. And he just said it was just, it was really rough. And not hard, but just rough, like too easy almost. And I said, Hey, maybe I should get you a degree at the end of this thing instead of your, you know, going on to your junior year in high school. But yeah, we, we go over a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're teaching, I mean, ultimately we're teaching them life lessons, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of helping them discover who they want to be yeah. and maybe even what career they want to go into. And I know a lot of the parents that send their kids to me, they're engineers, so their kids already exposed to that environment. And it's crazy to like notice that most of the people that come to me have that kind of background. I love it. But at the same time, I like, I find it really interesting from a business perspective, like, oh, I'm targeting, I'm targeting engineers. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's almost a blessing and a curse because I've, from the start, I've always had that in, in my business to target the science side of things. And so you do, you attract the engineers, you attract the MDs, you attract the PTs, the physical therapists, you attract yes. these, and it's a great crowd and they get it right. But they it's, do. 
right it's away. such a small grouping of the overall market. So the mm-hmm. problem, the blessing is it's a great crowd and they very educated. They understand the whole, how everything works, uh, but it's a curse because it is such a small area. So it's like you mm-hmm. said, taking the 90 degree angle and saying, you know, the corner in your house, that's 90 degrees. So being able to take it down so that the nine-year-old can understand, but also the parents can understand it. Yeah. And the parents, you know, they're sitting in the background, just nodding their heads. Like, I love what she's teaching my kid (laughs) because they know like uh, as parents, they generally can't reach their kid on the level that a private coach can reach their kid Mm -hmm. and they want to, (laughs) they desperately want to, I'm a parent. I get it. Uh, (laughs) But like to have them, to have the kid hear it from more than one Avenue now, that's what the parents absolutely love. Mm-hmm. So I agree. that's something I, I like to bring to the table for the parents and be like, you know, I bet your parents have said this to you before. And the kids are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah, I always say that you could be Babe Ruth or you could be Sierra Romero, but they're, you're, you, they're not going to listen to you. And when I'm talking to my parents, it don't matter who, yeah. who, who you are in the stratosphere of high level softball knowledge, baseball, but they're yeah. not you're just, you're just dad or your mom. Yes. And it's, I mean, from the kid's perspective, yeah, you know, you've got to listen to them about everything when it yeah. comes to softball or baseball. Do you want to listen to them about that too? Yeah. Parents pick your battles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Delegate when you need to. Yep. Exactly. Well, Hey, I had a question. White zone coaching. So where, where did you get white zone coaching from? Where'd you come up with that? Oh man. So the white zone is that ultimate level that athletes want to get to. So if you've seen the movie for love of the game with Kevin Costner, Mm -hmm. where he clears the mechanism, Mm -hmm. everything around him goes white, except for the umpire, the the catcher and the hitter, right. And that home plate, that's the white zone. And that's ultimately what I want to take all of my athletes to is that level of understanding of getting into that flow state so that they're physical talents can just take over and go on autopilot. And now they can think about all of the mental things that the game has. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm a white zone coach. Very cool. And so going into that a little bit on the mental side of the game, Mm -hmm. what do you find the top two issues that players are dealing with in today's game that have to do with the mental side? Perfectionism. (laughs) Number one, (laughs) I've got so many kids coming to me that are like, okay, I have to do everything perfect. I got to get 10 out of 10. Mm. And oh, how overwhelming is that for anybody? Let's take the pressure cap off of that kid. Yeah. And then confidence. The other one is confidence. They come in and, and they're like, well, I just, I don't have it. And I'm like, no, actually you do have it. You just have to remind yourself that you have it and, and, you know, letting them know here's where the confidence lies and here's how to get back to it yourself. And I can pump you up all I want, but if you don't know how to pump yourself up, man, that you're just going to have to keep coming back to me. And that's a do loop. I don't want to be in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So on the perfection side, I've had recently a few or a couple of hitters who are in, in that mode. And one in particular I'm thinking about is, is an eight-year-old online lesson and uh, dad works for NASA. The son has a black belt already at eight years old in Taekwondo. Nice. Yeah. So legit. And I thought, I thought this was going to be slam dunk case physically, you know, everything I, the kid's obviously proven he's, he's very disciplined in what he's doing. And, but this is another sport, as you, as you know, hitting is a completely different monster. So how do you deal with um, the perfection? And he's a perfectionist. I mean, that's, 
I, I haven't dealt with too many of those, but they come along and, and I have one right now. So how do you deal with it? I have a lot of them. Like that's, <laughs> it, it was Stop the thing right. that I had to work on. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Girls are perfectionists. <laughs> um, so, so I see it constantly because it was the thing that I had to work on. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that I help them is I teach them. And I have a video on this. If you sign up for my, for my email list, Mm-hmm. You get this video. So cool. it's called seven out of 10. Mm-hmm. And in practice, we, we put everything into buckets of 10 and then seven is the baseline. So if they get seven out of 10 in that group of 10, that's when they get to analyze it. They don't get to analyze it every single movement or every single at bat or every single hit, mm-hmm. right? They only get to analyze it after the 10. And if they got seven, they did good. If they did better than seven, they did great. And if they did less than seven, then they have something to learn. And that language right there at the end where we're learning instead of I'm bad, mm. that's the switch that they need to make. And that helps with confidence too. So those, kind, those two kind of go hand in hand, but giving them that baseline and helping them understand like this is your baseline, seven out of 10 they take the pressure off themselves Mm. automatically. And now all I have to do with my kids is say, Hey, seven out of 10, if they start to nitpick every single pitch or every single hit. Mm. Right. And they go, Oh yeah, that's right. And then bam, I get them into that mode of I'm going to analyze the group instead of every single movement. And once I get to that point, I'm not analyzing. It was bad. I'm analyzing. Okay. What can I do better? What can I learn from this? So much better for them. I love that. Yeah. That's um and, and and of course at the end we'll we'll all those links and all that stuff we'll put that out there because I I want I want to help just like you want to help um, I love that that's uh I was a similar uh, another example the same hitter I was talking about the the sophomore in um, in high school is uh, we always go over these kind of these kinds of scenarios and, and things like that and that when you're when you're working on your craft this is something that. Uh, actually, he's a different hitter, different hitter, lefty. He's a senior, he's one of my seniors in high school. And mm-hmm. he kind of had a little bit of a, a rough day yesterday. Usually we do pretty well, but he was having a hard time with controlling his top hand. And he's just like, man, I don't know what the heck's going on. I'm, I'm just not. And he was, you know, visibly frustrated. And he's usually, he's the the surfer kid. He's the, I call him shades because he walks in and he has the, he's the top screws, uh, you know, the top yes. aviators on. Aviators. <laughs> I call him shades. Um, so he's usually the kickback kid, surfer dude and whatnot. And yeah, he, he was, it was a little out of his element. It seemed like, and, and we did something a little tougher. We call it chaos, chaos rounds where what we do is we do like a six swing round and, and he'll take two swings at one plate. We have two plates uh, set at about five feet apart or uh, three, three to five feet apart. And he'll switch plates every swing. And at each oh. plate, he's doing something different. It's a different strategy. It could be we're going to control what we call verticals or, you know, launch angles. We don't call them launch angles because a lot of coaches don't like that term. So we call them right. verticals. So at one plate, maybe he's controlling his verticals and another plate we're doing middle in, middle away type stuff. Right. So he's working middle in, middle away. And then another one, we might be just doing straight up curveballs. So at each like plate, this. he switches in what he's doing and we mix and rearrange and, you know, it's not all the same the whole time. So it's very mentally draining. And I told Gets them out of their funk. Yeah. Yeah. So like they it. put some pressure on him and, yeah. and I think, uh, he blew a gasket. Yeah. But he, oh, what no. he said was get back to the mental side. Um, at least for him, a gasket, you know, wasn't, wasn't like, uh, maybe was it pressure hot. relief or was it like pressure explosion? 
Like if I, I think of a pressure cooker. In yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it was, I think it, it was definitely a pressure explosion. It wasn't relief. Oh, no. Well, he knew what he needed to do to fix it. He just wasn't doing it. And, and so when we were talking about it at the end, he goes, I was telling him about frustration. I said, frustration's good. It's a good thing. As long as it doesn't make you depressed, right? Yep. You know what you need to do to fix it. And then you do what you need to do to do that. And he goes, this is how I operate. He goes, I get super frustrated. And then the next day I go out and I, and I, I it gets fixed. So it sounds like he goes like mentally, he goes through it and then is able to, to work it out. Is that something, some of the things- Girls you- don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Girls don't do that. <laughs> What's the difference? What do girls do in that scenario? Uh, so this is where they're, this is where boys and girls differ a lot. I feel like, mm-hmm. so when it comes to guys, the performance determines their happiness. Mm. When it comes to girls, the happiness determines the performance. Uh, okay. I got it. Okay. <laughs> so if they're, if, if girls are off when they walk through the door and I can see it right away, like I, like, they're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. We got another yeah. session. We got to switch up that attitude really quick or the whole session, it goes to pot. Mm. <laughs> I mean, just, um, so this is where girls are different. And the more pressure you put on a girl, the worse their attitude gets mm. and the worse their, per- their performance becomes. Whereas guys, they like the pressure to actually kick them out of it, which mm. I like, I find that so huh? fascinating, right? <laughs> this is, and this is why I coach girls. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it goes back to, for the girls, it really goes back to that perfectionism pressure bottle, mm. right? So uh, if if we go into a, a chaos scenario, like you're explaining, and I have, I've never used that technique on a girl, I want to try it and see what happens, honestly. <laughs> Maybe they need um, to be in the right mindset before they come into it. They, they have to, they yeah. absolutely have to. And that's like, number one for me is put them in the right mental frame so that they can, they can have success and then carry that success into the next success. And then it snowballs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and parents love that because they'll come back to me and they'll be like, what did you do? Because she went into the next game and she did phenomenal. And I was just like, I just gave her a little confidence boost and gave her some tools to boost herself too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. But, uh, if man, yeah, I really feel, I feel like if I were to to lay the pressure on a girl, she'd crumble. She'd start to cry. Mm-hmm. Get emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I'm I welcome that at my sessions because yeah. you're not allowed to get emotional in a game, right? Mm-hmm. You can get emotional after a big win, or you can get emotional after a really great strikeout at, at, that ended a really tough inning. You know, there's certain times when you can get emotional, but like getting emotional at private lessons happens a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I welcome it because we, we have to have the ability to express those emotions no matter what. And again, this is where girls and boys kind of differ. That's pretty cool. You know, I I've had you know, most of my, it's about 95% guys. I have, I have a few softball girls. I have a few that were, that are in college that I've worked with. And I've noticed, see, I've noticed the girls are, when I give them a a tap, when we're working on something mechanically, they're pretty good about, I can probably lay on three or four of them, three or four Mm -hmm. different mechanics and they'll get the first one. They'll get the second one. They'll get the, I'm like, give you another one. So, and I, and I keep going up until like that point, you say you, they start, you start to see that flip of, okay, now this is a little bit too much, too much. but the girls, <laughs> for whatever reason, I feel like most of the girls I've worked with, they're able to handle more of those things versus the guys 
we tend to stay in the two to three things range because they just and they don't get frustrated that you don't see their eyes I've, I've had a few guys i think that you see the tears start to well up i have a couple of them that are more emotional but most of them are it's almost like let it rip coach let it rip yeah they, they <laughs> but see then they they start getting sloppy and then i have yes. to pull back because they're getting sloppy i mean they don't care emotionally that they're getting sloppy like the girls would care emotionally that they're oh, yeah. sloppy I and mean, they take offense to it like you said the perfection side but the guys yeah. just they get sloppy and so i can't allow them to get sloppy so i have to scale it back, but back. The girls but the girls yeah they they handle it like they can handle two three four different things in one one session so it's almost like yeah. i play this game of see how far I can go with the girl. And then once I start seeing the emotion, I die, start dialing it back with the guys. I, I pretty much know how much they can handle. Uh, and it's not an emotional thing. It's a sloppy thing. <laughs> it's a practice. Honestly, I feel like, uh, to be able to turn that dial up mm-hmm. too. So you can do it with the guys. You can mm-hmm. definitely, uh, give them more and more and more as long as, as you know, you you know, where their edge is at. Mm-hmm. With girls, uh, they're they're more latent to let you know where their edge is at. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. They're the, the we know how to we know how to bottle things up. It's crazy yeah. <laughs> how much we do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, with girls, it goes back to the whole multitasking brain. I feel like you know moms, and it, it you know this is handed down to your kids. Moms are masters at multitasking and dads are like, I can only do one thing. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right? <true>. So <laughs> there's that some dads are amazing at multitasking. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hand that down to your kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. They innately become really great at having multiple things thrown at them and them being able to handle it. And I love pushing that edge because with just with my kids, with my girls, what I notice is I can give them three things. And then the next session, I'm going to like take those three things and add one more thing on top of it. And mm-hmm. maybe a third, a, well, a fifth thing technically, mm-hmm. but a second thing on top of that and see how far I can carry it. And man, some of these girls can, they can do like, I can give them 10 different uh, what do we call these tasks? Uh, mm-hmm. 10 different things to work on in a session and they can handle it. And it's like, okay, I got to scale you back now. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Because you could cover the whole gamut. And then what, I mean, I'm, there's always something to work on, but mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, oh, yeah. you're like, okay, well, we kind of have to start going back through circling back to some of the other things. So it's right. like, it's like, I always tell my hitters, it's like, at the circus, you got the plates in the old days, they had to put the sword down and they get the plate and they start spinning on it. And then they set up another sword and start spinning the plate. And then they have to go to the first plate and keep it spinning. And then, you know, so it's like keeping Mm -hmm. these plates spinning. And I feel like the girls do a better job of that than, than the guys do. Multitaskers. Yeah. Look at their parents. uh, That's really the indicator. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I saw a video, you do a, a mental a Monday talk, which is really cool. Yes. And I saw mental one on your mindset Facebook. Mindset Mondays. Yeah, Mindset Mondays. And uh, there was, um, you're going through, and we can discuss that that book. What was that book? It was the 12. The Surfer's Code. The oh, surfer's I love code. that book. Yeah. That so book. You were, you, you'll pick a chapter and then you'll use that as the content of the video. And then that particular one that I watched, it was the one where you, know, you get smashed by a wave and it's a question of, okay, hey, I can hang it up and I'm be done and, and not go through that again, or I can go back out. Um, mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about, about that and how that applies to like your softball girls, how you can apply oh, that man. principle. 
So I'm, I, I live in Denver. <laughs> Let's preface there. I'm in a landlocked state. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I like to surf as long as there's surfable water. Yeah. Uh, so I also surf, but I, I'm a snow surfer. <clears throat> that, may, that means snowboarders for those of you who don't know. Uh, so um, I love in the surfing world where they, they are, there's rules that they live by as surfers. And uh, this particular surfer has been in the game for a long time. And he, he wrote the book and shared it with the rest of the world. Not every surfer was thrilled about that. Okay? <laughs> right. that, that let out the, you know, that's, that's kind of their inner code. And that's why this book is called The Surfer's Code. Mm -hmm. But I, I love their principles and that this particular principle that you're talking about, I will, I will go back out. Mm -hmm. If I have a bad game, if I have a bad surf, if I have a bad wave, I'm still going to go out again. And uh, this, I mean, for softball, for baseball, the way that applies is, hey, you had a, a bad at bat you get another opportunity, you get another try. And that's, mm -hmm. that's that whole, uh, taking the pressure off thing too. You had a bad game. You still get another try. You're going to have another game. Right. And you know, when your career ends, that mentality starts to shift. Right. Mm -hmm. So like your seniors in high school or your seniors in college, their mentality is slightly different when it comes to their next wave or their next opportunity to right. go out because it might not happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I, I definitely can remember my last college game mm -hmm. Me too. <laughs> every second of that yeah. last college game. Mm -hmm. And then the amount of tears that flowed out of my face after that game, because I knew I didn't have another wave. Yeah. There wasn't another opportunity. And mm -hmm. then there was, and that was the thing I, after college ended, I had the opportunity to play NPF. I had the mm -hmm. opportunity to play international ball. I got, I got an offer to work at NASA on the Orion program. So I didn't take it, but there could have been another, another wave yeah. to take. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that principle is just, just remember, you've always got another opportunity, another try coming up, no matter what, Yeah. even if you think it's your last game for you seniors, you still have another opportunity. There's going to be another wave to, to, to get out there and ride. I love that. And, and especially with the 2020 COVID stuff and how oh, it's been for athletes. And I've had some athletes that most of the ones I work with, we work through things. We, we are very critical thinking about, okay, how you're not able to play. How can we get you out there? How can we work on getting you in front of, you know, for your seniors, right. In high school, your college yeah. coaches, how do we college get you? coaches? So it's those, like you said, got to get back out there. It might be in a different way. It may not be in the same direction, but it might, it's going to be somewhat unconventional from what you've thought. Like one of the things as an example that I talked to a few of my seniors about, uh, seniors that graduated, that graduated, I think uh, in 2020 spring, and then you had the seniors coming through now, 2021, right? They're experiencing and, it too. Yeah. And so it was two, two year, years, uh, high school guys and gals. So one of the things we talked about was how do you contact a coach? Uh, college coach. And if you're going to send them video, how do you send them video? And one of the coolest things I read, it was in a, in a negotiating book, uh, negotiate as if your life depended on it. I think it was, it was a uh, Chris boss, V O S S. I don't know if you've read that one before. Mm -hmm. um, really good reads really well. He I'm has great stories. Yeah. Chris boss, V O S S and um, negotiate as if your life depended on, it, I think is what it's called. And he talked about 
with his own son who was playing football and was getting, you know, back in the day, trying to contact coaches. And one of the things was instead of shooting video and just to trying to hit all the points, all the checklists, right. And sending them out to all these coaches, why not go to the coaches first and ask them, what do you use? What kind of evaluation do you use when you re recruit players? Because it's going to be different. Some coaches in, in baseball, like college coaches love the launch angle game. They love that terminology and they love, and another one will not like the launch angle game. So if you send mm -hmm. a video of you hitting the, all these doubles and dingers all over the yard, those coaches that don't like that launch angle game and they're more of the bunner sacrifice. They're more of the line, want the low level line drive, hit it hard on the ground. Uh, and you want to go to that college, either it's not going to be a fit for you or you need to make a different video. So I thought that was great advice um, on, on how to take a different, you know, you, you're going to have to go back out to, in the way, but it might look in a, in a different direction. Any kind of mm -hmm. experience you've had with that coaching your players. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> with 20, All right, let's COVID. go. The, the 2020 and the 2021 kids, man. And it, it, it's not just the seniors. That's the other thing that I, I mm -hmm. keep reminding myself, like to watch the level of depression mm -hmm. that happened with these players, because they're, you know, their life is school and sport. Yeah. And when one of those are taken away and the other one, they're like, eh, you yeah. know, I, I like it, but I, I, I kind of have to do it. Whereas the other one I get to, I get to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And they get that. Uh, it was tough to watch them mentally crumble. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, if you've played a sport and that sport ended for you, you've experienced that. So yeah. you, you can totally relate. Mm -hmm. Uh <sighs> helping my, my 2022s, my 2021s mm -hmm. figure out how to, to, how to do this the new way, mm -hmm. right. How to get in front of coaches. I just had one who, um, for spring break, she went out and checked out a bunch of schools. And I told her, you know, you've got to email the coaches and let them know that you're coming, send them your skills video, do all the things. And, uh, she got out there to watch them play. And one of the coaches, the head coach of the school that she was really interested in came over to her and her parents and said, what are you doing here? What? I came to watch the game and they're like, we don't, we don't have an audience for our games. We don't have fans watching our games. You need to leave. Mm. And it, like automatically this kid's like, well, psh, this isn't the school for me, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. it's an isolated incident. The coaches are getting used to this scenario too. They just started playing games and you know, the, this is something that's out of their comfort zone as well. Yeah. A head coach coming out to fans and telling them that they got to go. That's <laughs> unheard of. The, yeah. the head coach doesn't do that, but in this scenario, that's what happened. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you, this is a, this is one of those opportunities to think from a different angle, right? Think of how uncomfortable that had to have been for that coach. Mm -hmm. Think of how uncomfortable it has to be to tell all of the kids' parents, you can't come and watch your kid play. You can watch her on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch, man. Yeah. And to play without a, a crowd, that's a first for a bunch of college kids. Mm -hmm. So I mean, there are, all, there are so many weird scenarios that we're dealing with right now and you just roll with it. Mm -hmm. Right. 
but keep your mind open and don't get single-minded on, oh, that coach was mean. I don't like that coach at all. Like Mm -hmm. don't cross them off your list. Have another conversation with that coach and be like, Hey, you were the one who said to me, we had to go and you weren't very nice about it. Is there any reason why you had to be so mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's another opportunity to talk to the coach at least. Uh, And you might find in that second conversation that that's not the coach for you, Mm -hmm. but man, uh, you brought up culture really. Mm -hmm when it came to those coaches who don't like the language that you use, or, uh, they want hitters that hit a certain way versus another way mm-hmm. players need to really dig into the schools and understand the culture of the team, the culture of the coaches. I didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I learned the hard way. And that's one of, I, I, literally just had a Facebook post in my Facebook group about this, where there was a player who got her nursing degree Mm -hmm. from Minnesota and she got it in four years. And she decided she was one of those kids who graduated last year and got the option to come back and play a fifth year Mm -hmm. because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And she did, she opted to not dive into her nursing career and instead play her senior year because she, or her second senior year, because she knew that that season was fleeting, right? That that season of her life was fleeting. The sport is fleeting and she's not planning on going on to play in NPF or the Olympics or any higher level. uh, What is it? Athletics unlimited. Mm -hmm. Love that. (laughs) Um, But when I was in school, I was trying to pull off that mechanical and aerospace engineering degree, which is a really tough it's a tough degree by itself, but now Mm -hmm. add sports on top of it. And I learned right right away, like D one top 25 school, you're spending 52 hours a week doing softball. Yeah. And I ended up going D two after two and a half years at D one for many reasons. But one of the reasons was because I, I was struggling badly to pull off both. And the coaches were giving me a hard time about it. They were, you know, they were picking on me because, because I had to go and do work with my, my classmates that interfered with some of my practices and they hated that. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the culture. So man, parents who are in the thick of it, it's hard to see the teams. It's hard to talk to the coaches right now. Do your darndest to figure out what the culture is. Talk to the players. You can, as athletes, talk to the players. You can't necessarily talk to the coaches. And that'll give you a really good idea of what the what that program is really about and how the coaches support the athlete as well as the student. Right. So, yeah, no, great advice. There. And, and it's hard, <laughs> I think that's hard advice for, um, and, and, and I'd love to just end on this and ask you where people can find you. But before we get there, um, it's advice, I think, that the young ones don't quite grasp because we, you and I, have been through it are telling them to do your homework, basically to do to, to talk to the players and in, in the teams that you want to go play for in college. And they'll just, eh, whatever. I mean, I, you know, there's enough pros that uh, it'll be fine if whatever. And we're trying to tell you out there to do your homework, spend the time. I know that uh, for the guys, it's a testosterone brain that, that tends to make us lazy. It's a strong, hormone, but it's also a lazy hormone. Uh, you know, I know the girls are a little bit more on top of it, 
but yeah, go out and definitely do your homework because you don't want to land in a place and have to keep switching. It's just like moving. The, the, the best part of moving is when, when it's over, <laughs> you know, moving your house and all that kind of stuff. So it's the same thing. You don't want to be jumping schools all over the place because, oh, I screwed up. I picked the wrong one. Let me go to this one. Oh, and you do the same process, repeat the same process and you make another mistake. So anyway, um, great advice. So Amanda, where, where can people find you? Uh, I know you mentioned a, a, uh, an opt-in page to get the, that, that video. So go ahead and mention that mention, you know, whatever you want to mention on. So whitezonecoaching.com is my website. You can get the freebie at the bottom of the homepage. Uh, that's the seven out of 10 perfectionism busting video. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it explains how to implement it as an athlete or how to implement it as a coach. Um, you can also find me at fast pitch softball skills and drills by white zone coaching Facebook group. That group is growing like crazy. That's where I'm sharing a lot of softball skills and drills. I've got a lot of baseball people showing up in the group now too. I mean, mm -hmm. eh, the sports you are a lot alike. Right. So that's where you can find me on the interwebs. Okay. I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, that's white zone coaching. And, uh, yeah, Instagram, Instagram, TikTok, all all the, no TikTok. I am <laughs> not a TikToker. Uh, <laughs> I don't ha have Pinterest. Uh, <laughs> you do or you don't? I do. You have Pinterest? Are you on Pinterest? Of course I am on Pinterest. <laughs> I'm a pinning queen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have an Amazon list for softball, uh, oh, cool. parents and players. I mean, I, yeah. you know, you're, yeah, I'm on the internet. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, thank you, uh, Miss Amanda Smith. I appreciate the the call. And what we'll do is we'll probably have multiple, you know, part twos and stuff. I'd love to come back and and talk, go a little bit deeper into some other things. I know um, your story is very uh, interesting, Crazy. and I love the the origin stories because it explains where you're at now, and it gives a little bit more flavor to the the type of coaching that you teach and the why really the purpose behind why you teach what you teach. So keep up the good work out there. Yeah, up there. Yeah. You're <laughs> that right, whole exactly. white zone thing. That's why I teach what I teach. <laughs> exactly. No, Shall very we thank cool. you. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll get you all the, the goods. Oh, we'll do like a little Dropbox thing and I'll send all that stuff to you and you can do with it however you want. And then we'll just, we'll uh, keep connected. Awesome. I, I am excited to keep connected. We've got a lot in common, sir. <laughs> very much, very much so. Cool. All right, Amanda, we'll have a good weekend. You too. All right.